0: Hey everybody, you're listening to episode three of Two Views Movies Podcast. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to episode three of Two Views Movies Podcast. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today's episode is all about I, Tanya. So for those of you that aren't familiar, maybe aren't as old as Carson and I, didn't live through this, i Tanya is a movie about, I guess I would call her the, the bad girl of figure skating in the nineties, <laughs> right. Tanya Harding. And basically how she came to be and all the events leading up to and then past, you know, the infamous Nancy Kerrigan scene. It's directed by Craig Gillespie. I checked out some of the movies he's done before. He's done Lars and the Real Girl. I don't know if you've seen that. It's Ryan Gosling. Nope. Literally dating a doll. Um, it's quite interesting. He did oh. the new Fright Night and a movie called, a couple other movies, Finest Hours and Mr. Woodcock. So the only one of those okay. I've <laughs> ever seen is Lars and the Real Girl. So I'm not overly impressed with his filmography, but not bad for coming into I, Tonya. Um And obviously this stars Margot Robbie, Allison Janney, and Sebastian Stan, who we all love and know as Bucky. Bucky from Captain yeah. America, right? Yep. So, why don't you lead us off? What were your thoughts? So, diving into
1: this one, uh, I really enjoyed the way that they told this story. That they, they could have done this in a lot of different ways, but I really liked how they did it. And I, and how what I mean by that is they took actual interviews from Tanya Harding and her ex-husband Jeff Galuli It yes. great name to say <laughs> galuli And and her mom, and and they've pieced together. So they had the Margot pretending to be Tanya. Giving the exact interview, I guess that Tanya gave, um, and then backing that into a story with flashbacks, and so I thought it was a very interesting way. So it comes from their point of view, uh, telling different sides of the same story coming through and, and telling the story of Tanya Harding, which it, there's a lot of it that I did not know because we were fairly young when uh, when that happened, and all you remember is you know why me, you know, right, and right. Nancy on the ground and Tanya Hunger. Tanya Harding hit her with a stick, yeah. you know, and, and, and so then all the spoofs and everything that came off of that. And it was very interesting to see how that all went down and how much it leaves you with how much do you believe yeah. of this story?
0: Cause it's not a true story. It's their interpretation of the story. Yeah. Somewhere in there is a truth. I don't know enough about it to know whether there is a truth, like an agreed upon, Hey, we've somebody's investigated this. And we really know who did what, who was involved with what, And I completely agree with you. I think those interviews, I don't know if we can call it a fourth wall, like, because clearly the interviews are addressing the audience. and, And sometimes they do break the fourth wall in terms of Marco is Tanya Harding and she will be in a scene and turn and look to the camera and talk to the audience and break that fourth wall. So the interviews are also breaking the fourth wall, but in a different way. I feel like it's that scene in Deadpool where he's like fourth wall break instead of a fourth wall break. Was that (laughs) sixteen walls? I feel like that's what happened in this movie. But you're right. I I thought it worked, and you touched on something that I completely agree on and think it was part of the beauty of the movie was because these people are each telling their stories, you don't know what's true and what's not. It keeps you really off balance in terms of maybe one minute I believe Jeff Galooli, one minute I believe tanya one minute i believe the mom and and you're just so off base which i think in some ways you know people maybe wouldn't traditionally like in a movie when they're wanting to watch something about a true story they want to know what's the truth what really happened and i think i don't know i i kind of wonder if maybe nobody ever really fully knows the truth even to this day and the movie kind of paints it that way which i loved i thought it was great you're right very
1: sympathetic towards tanya i think at times at times, I think by the end you're rooting for for Tanya, I guess, or more realize she got caught up in a bad situation that she had no control over. But but did she? Right, and, you know <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like oh, she knew she knew it was going to happen, but the story plays out as if she didn't. Right. And so again, because that's her side of it, and I'm sticking to it, you know. Um, right. But I thought uh, I thought she did a great job of playing both the victim and also the villain at the same time. Cause you're right. It does go back and forth. Yeah.
0: I think that I really liked the fact that the movies like central question and everything is, can you feel bad for somebody who did something bad? Right. Because and it it applies in real life, obviously, but I know it's, it's easier for everybody in the real world to think that a bad person or somebody who does bad things is just a bad person. They're not redeemable. They chose to do this and i think what this movie explores is maybe her mom you know created her into this thing that wanted to win so badly she needed felt like she needed to do something bad to do it and her husband or ex-husband was an enabler and an abuser who backed her into corners and did certain things so can you or should you feel bad for tanya harding in this or was she the master manipulator like the whole time it, it is a really unsettling in that kind of view Where you want a nice, pretty bow on something at the end of it, and you're not going to get it with this movie, or and possibly the real life story of Tanya Harding.
1: Yeah, I think. uh, I mean, they definitely go through her background of she did not have a a a great upbringing, uh, according to her, right? Uh, And then her marriage obviously was an abusive, although Galuli denies it, but I think that's written. Uh, I think that's fact. Sure, but again, again, you don't know what this movie, right? I'm assuming there's she had. Restraining orders and, and things like that. Um, but it was a, uh, does that justify, you know, the things that she's done? Right. You know,
0: is, is that an excuse? And, mm-hmm. and, you
1: know, there's two sides to, to all that. Right. But
0: yeah, I I really liked the movie. It felt to me like it had a little bit of an MTV vibe to it and not modern day mtv but like 90s mtv I, I don't know why i got that and which would make i guess in my mind it somehow made perfect sense that it would feel that way considering mtv was still a big deal and edgy and stuff back then in the 90s when all this was going down i don't know why i got that kind of vibe from it maybe it was because some of the music and it felt rock and roll to me for some reason like the way tanya harding was like the scene where they're out mudding in the truck and, you know, she's shooting guns and wild. It, <laughs> yeah. it felt like that kind of edginess to it. So it, that, that was one thing that kept coming back in my mind over and over again. It was like, this feels like it's got an MTV nineties vibe to it. I don't
1: Yeah, know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get, I was trying to think of the music. I think that they definitely wanted to take you in, into the nineties. Yeah. And so I think they did a good job of that, but it's interesting to see her take on just the sport itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the, the judges and the women, why, why I getting a fair shot and, and again, is this her perception or is this actually what happened? And so um, I don't think I'm interested enough to dive back into the history of figure skating <laughs> to to figure out that answer yeah. of if this is documented and that's what they really told her uh, they wanted. It makes sense that they want a poster child. You know, you see that across all sports, right? Uh, that They're going to promote the poster child and then try to distance themselves from the troublemakers. But uh, that, uh, that was an interesting piece that, Again, I was too – I was not old enough to understand at the time mm-hmm. uh, going through that. I knew she, she was the the bad girl of ice skating, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I don't know if I knew who she was prior, prior, obviously, to the, the
0: incident. Sure. Yeah, I thought um, – so skipping around a little bit, I did think Margot Robbie was fantastic. I think – I mean, at one point, they – they say, or they cut to Tanya, who's supposed to be 15 years old, and it's Margot Robbie. I was (laughs) like, all right, maybe we're kind of stretching. They gave her braces. Yeah. Oh, so that means she's 15. (laughs) That was interesting. But she did a good job of covering everything. I think she was pretty much perfect for the role. I don't know what that says about Margot Robbie, but she's now played two kind of insane females between Harley Quinn (laughs) and Tanya Harding. I thought Allison Janney was fantastic as the mom. I really don't think i can see any way that she if she's up for supporting i would think she would win in a heartbeat if she's going against francis mcdormand and three billboards um as a lead actress i don't think she'll win that but well, i can't she wouldn't what get she's up she with. wouldn't be for a lead i wouldn't think so either and i can't remember off the top she'd my head, be going she against, was fantastic she'd be going against uh aunt jackie <laughs> yeah and, 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 lady, and lady, lady bird, bird. Yeah. yeah i thought she was great it's a kind of a perfect oscar role, right she's a trashy mom who's really really horrible to her daughter and smokes and drinks and cusses and from a movie standpoint she provided a lot of humor right it's kind of dark humor very
1: very very dark and it was directed at her daughter you know but it's uh but yeah no i think i think she did a great job too
0: yeah and i was equally impressed with sebastian stan i can't remember so i saw him in logan lucky and he's kind of just a supporting character he doesn't really do much but i can't remember Anything much outside of Marvel that he's been in that I've either recognized or remembered, I thought he held his own. I mean, clearly Margo and Alison Janney were the two stars of the movie, but he's got a pretty big role. And I felt like he did a really good job of playing Jeff Galluli and being this really, he was really weird, a weird guy in the movie.
1: Oh, I think he's a weird guy in in real life as well. Oh yeah, agreed I, for for sure. Uh, but no, I, I think he did it did it well because he it did the I think he played both sides of the abuser, but also uh, one that Margot would take back. Yeah, you know, so you could see both sides of how like she does love him. So he played that side well, but then also when he get pissed and, right. and and hit her. Yeah, and so I, I I could see both of those in that he's just not a smart person. Right. And so he played that well Mm -hmm. uh, and how he could get caught up in all this. Yeah. The other bit of humor that I liked was the bodyguard. The bodyguard. (laughs) That guy, like it was crazy. And so we were, after watching the movie, my wife and I were were talking, I'm glad they showed the actual interview with the bodyguard at the end, because that scene uh, in the movie of that interview with him, it's, You're like, no way he's really that dumb. And no way he actually said those things. And so they showed that part. Just like, yes, this is real. This is his interview. Yeah. He actually believes, that, you know, that he's a spy yeah. and does espionage in other countries. And and so it's like, no, no one's that stupid. No one's that unbelievable. But then they're like, no, I think we have to add this at yeah. the end when they showed that interview, and then the real life interview with him. And yeah, so, it's like I, okay.
0: I, so so it, it took you from oh, it's just a movie to no, that's what really happened. Yeah, yeah. And then I think there was a scene right where he gets. Uh, when the when the news coverage is happening, and he's starting to take, he wants to take credit for all the things that happened because this was his big elaborate plan, right? And doesn't he yell at his mom because she taped over Star Trek? It, t- it taped over something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure that wasn't real, but that was a, it was a nice touch because that's what he feels like, right? He felt like the guy who um, still lives at home, still lives at home, is kind of nerdy, socially awkward, but then fancies himself this international spy, and he's been interviewed by people. It, it was it was so hard to believe that that was real, right? Like I would love, I, I, I do kind of want to look a little bit more into it because it, it seemed like, have you seen burn after reading the Coen brothers movie? Yeah. Okay. You know how everybody in that is they've got this tape and they want to sell it and, or they're, they're trying to blackmail, um, John Malkovich, right? The main, so not to digress too far off that, but the main point of that movie that I thought was so funny is You've got these people who think that they're executing like this really flawless plan and they're going to blackmail somebody and the CIA is looking at them from the outside and, and they're like, what are these people doing? They're, they're trying like they're so stupid. They, the CIA can't make heads or tails out of what's happening because they are so stupid. And that's what I, Tanya, felt like when the FBI starts to investigate and when we're yeah. watching it, it's like these people think they're really smart and really good at what they're doing, but it's horrifically stupid. Yeah, it's like, is there something we're not seeing? Because this seems really... (laughs) Yeah, they thought it was so well thought through. Like, even down to the guy after he uh, clubs Nancy Nancy Kerrigan in the leg he breaks the door by bashing it with his head to get out, <laughs> to get out. <laughs> and then don't they cut to the, they have that scene where they show that they were trying to move their car in the parking lot to not be caught on camera. But they, the fact that they were moving their car every 20 minutes, like actually stood out like a sore thumb. Right. <laughs> it feels like, you know what people who've seen too many movies would try and do. And yeah. That, we don't and, want to be caught on camera. So we're going to keep <laughs> right. moving the but car then in real life. It's like, guys, that that's not how this works. <laughs> but It was just, it's, I think it's, it's a good blend of some kind of true story with uh, some comedic parts that maybe some, like I said, some of the comedy would not be funny if you were living through it in real life, like her mom and the fact that Nancy Kerrigan got clubbed in the leg. I mean, clearly none of that is actually funny in real life, but as a movie, uh, how it's presented, it provides weird moments of, of humor that kind of help the movie go along. No, I agree. And it's, it's funny how her whole life
1: is defined by this one incident you know and, and it was kind of laid out that way of basically everything that I've done everything I've achieved it, it all comes down
0: I'm I'm remembered
1: for this you know and, yeah. that, and that's it
0: yeah all of them really right <laughs> and then it it ends on her and like professional boxing yeah when she was a boxer I remember that yeah <laughs> I remember she came back and did celebrity boxing but then she actually tried to turn it into boxing and I think ending on that note really kind of made you feel like Less sympathetic for her. It almost seemed like they were trying to say she's trying to exploit all the fame and attention that she could possibly get.
1: Oh, I took it as she's doing this because she really can't do anything else. Oh, and so it okay. was, uh Like she she mentioned to it, I have no other skills. It's only skating. You know, I she didn't finish school. You know, all that. I have nothing else. Right. And then so boxing. Yeah, you know, it's a physical something I'm already known as the bad girl of, of ice right. skating. So I guess we'll try this route, yeah. but I can't do anything else. And that, and that's kind of the impression that I got is that she just wasn't able to find,
0: especially with that kind of reputation. I mean, who's going to hire her at their company, you know, right. type of thing. Yeah. It's, well, uh, even now, I think post movie that it got some, you know, pushback in the media and stuff because people were like, why are we, you know, why are we having her going around doing this press tour? I know the movie's about her, but the movie's about, her and she's mainly worldly famous because of this Heard bad somebody, thing that yeah. she did. So why are we? Do- and I, I get it. It's that's. I think that's the the trouble you get in with any kind of biographical movie is what if the person's not a good person necessarily? You know, do you should you really should she be able to go around and do interviews on Good Morning America and all this stuff when she is known for this? Uh, well, I think um, that's more Good Morning. Good Morning America, not
1: on behalf of I Tonya. I think they're trying to capitalize on the,
0: sure. the buzz. Yeah, but you know, should somebody be able to profit off of the fact that you bashed in Nancy Kerrigan's leg? Right. But as far as the movie goes, um, definitely I liked it, enjoyed it a lot.
1: Yeah, and I liked to. There was an interview with with Margot about uh, the actual skating, uh, and so so Margo had to learn how to how to skate and how to skate convincingly enough to where she looked like she was comfortable on the ice. And they were talking about what the, the triple axle and Margo's, like, why don't we just have a stunt double do it? And then, you know, put, put my face on later. And then, no, we have to, they told her that we have to CGI the entire thing. And she didn't understand why, because only three people in the world can even do this. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's pretty impressive. She started getting appreciation for her skating ability because they
0: couldn't just have a stunt double because stunt double couldn't do it. Right. I'm glad you actually brought that up because the CGI was the one piece of this movie that was. It was a little rough. Oh. Uh, it was a little rough. <laughs> little rough as being kind. It was bad at first, and then it got into a few that were really, really bad. I mean, it. So, are you telling me that the whole, from what you heard, the whole figure skater was. J- just that move. Okay. Because there were some scenes where it is clearly her face stitched onto somebody else's body. Right. And it's glaringly bad very wonder woman esque when she jumps through the window no i think it's worse because (laughs) when wonder woman jumps through the window i actually felt like that was matrixy like that's actually her whole body was cgi'd i felt like in this like they tried to stitch margot robbie's face onto somebody else's and it did not look good it looked really really bad yeah and
1: this isn't a movie that has a big budget for special effects right I, i figured and uh Yes, that those parts looked bad. Uh, I agree.
0: I guess I just didn't understand. You and I are not filmmakers, but I feel like there had to be a better way of doing that. Like, did you really need to see that it was Margot's face? Like, I felt like if I had watched the movie and picked up on the fact that maybe that wasn't Margot on the ice doing that that move, that particular move, okay, I get it. I, I would have been okay with that, but I feel like there's certain angles you maybe could have shot it from. That would have hidden the fact. I mean, because it's almost like when she was doing these moves and she's spinning, like they're making it a point to make her face very, very visible as Margot Robbie. But when it's so bad of CGI, it's yeah. taking away. Like, I have a hard time believing that was the best approach to that.
1: Well, I I appreciate the attempt more than not. I mean, and I, it always goes back to face off when the stunt doubles look completely not like Nicolas yeah. Cage and John Travolta over on the side of the boat. It's like, that looks absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. There, there no, sure. no effort there at all. And it's like, Nicholas Cage didn't even have hair like that. It's like blowing in, in the wind. And it's like, right. He's virtually bald, you know? Right. <laughs> so why did you think that was okay? And not that you couldn't find somebody that looked like Margo that could also skate, but, um, I could tell it was fake, but it, it didn't lower my, oh.
0: my, my rating. It, it, it did with me. It was, it was real bad. It was like groan inducing. So uh, that's where I was like... And especially because I guess I felt like there was probably a viable alternative to doing that. You, I felt like a good director could have found a way around that besides mm-hmm. doing CGI. It, it just... When there's no reason for it, yeah. I don't understand it. Because I think people would have clearly understood that Margot Robbie cannot do a, a triple axle, right. Or hell, I don't even know that she should be expected to do one of those really crazy just spins that they all do, right? right. Like, but just find a way to shoot it. And cause you know, you could have honestly, you could have put her on a pedestal that twirls. Right. <laughs> and it would have looked like she was doing it. Cause you don't need to actually have her on the ice. Right. You get a close up of her, like from shoulders up and she's spinning, but it's not her actually spinning on ice. She's on a pedestal and we speed the film up. Like there's, if I can think of just some basic techniques to do that, uh, probably yeah. no need to CGI it like that. I get it. And I think I it, it stands out in a movie like this because it's a movie that should not have any CGI. Yeah, I think when you're watching Face Off and stunt doubles and other things, you're like, all right, you know, I get it. You need to CGI that because it's a really crazy action scene, or somebody could get killed doing that. When it's figure skating, you know, let's...
1: yeah. And again, I don't know the the budget they had to start this movie, and I think they probably filmed it trying to avoid it, yeah. And then saw it and like, eh, <laughs> uh, we should probably right. do something here, yeah, opposed to reshooting or, or something like that. That's probably a post production decision.
0: Yeah, I I will say I don't think that. Um, I lowered the movie because of it, but it definitely didn't help. It, it distracted me a lot. So yeah. that's if they had fixed the CGI, I'm not sure I would have been at a higher rating, and I'm not sure I lowered it because of that, but it definitely is a was a sticking point for me. Yeah. So what did you end up giving it? You gave it a four. gave it a four? Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. liked it. I actually think it should be getting a little bit more love in terms of awards um, than what it did, but I can kind of see that Tanya Harding is not somebody that was supported in the figure skating community. And this movie seems like something that wouldn't be necessarily supported in the Academy Awards community outside of, you know, an individual performance or two. So you're saying politics is why. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I think Oscars have certain types of movies that they like. And I'm not sure this one has enough weight and artisticness to get into that category. But I think that's why you're seeing the. You got, I think you heard some talk of Margot Robbie getting nominated. Maybe she did at some of the other award shows and Allison Janney's getting nominated. So I think you're seeing the acknowledgement that there was some really good performances in that, but the movie as a whole, you know, hmm. probably didn't rock or maybe it rocked the boat too much in terms of what Academy Awards want to see. So I liked it. Well, I wasn't too far from you.
1: I didn't, I don't think I can get up to a four. I was at three and a half, mm-hmm. but I think upon second viewing and maybe three, three and a half, but uh, yeah. I just, I like the style mm-hmm. of it.
0: And I enjoyed watching it for for what it was. Yeah, and I could see. I think I debated between. It wasn't like a lock four for me. It was like a, I could go three and a half or four. And for that, the more I thought about it, the more I felt like a four was was pretty good for what it was. So yeah, cool. Well, go check it out. I think we both. I mean, if we're at three and a half and a four, I think we're telling people that they definitely need to go see it. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for I Tanya, and that's it for episode three of Two Views Movies podcast. Again, like usual, go check us out at twoviewsmovies.com, like us, follow us online, and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. We'll catch you next time.